Good morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning, friends. I am Yasushi Miyazaki, one of the congregations. Before I read the scripture, let me share my story about power of forgiveness. For me, forgiveness has helped me working through my life in positive way. However, it's not easy. It takes time, it takes effort, and it's accomplished with pain. In the end of 2009, about 11 years ago, I was at a graduate school in the US. I was enjoying a life there, but I had to come back to Japan because of my health circumstance. I was in deep disappointment. For over a decade since then, I had been stuck with my bad feelings. I repeatedly felt like revenging against the people involved in my case in the US. On the other hand, I wanted to set myself free from my old zombie. Last year, the Holy Spirit suggested me to forgive them. I read a lot of articles and I talked with KOC pastors Chuck and Kelly about how to forgive. Chuck and Kelly advised me to pray for blessing people involved in my case. Following the advice, I prayed for the university people. Suddenly, I began confessing my failure of managing my health and finance. The prayer took over 30 minutes. I swept a lot. My heart ached a lot, but suddenly again, I felt cleansed. This is a revelation, isn't it? Then my problem became clear. I had problems with self-management and self-control. Then I began thinking about those issues positively. Honestly, I am still struggling forgiving my case itself although I have forgiven the people, including myself. I sometimes think such as, if I had been able to be U.S. longer, my life would be different. However, I am happy as I walk through my path of forgiveness, because that way I have grown enough to embrace who I am. Now, let's read the God's words from the Amplified Bible. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, drop the issue, let it go so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions and wrongdoings against him and others. Matthew chapter 5 verses 23 to 24 So, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and while there you remember that your brother had something, such as a grievance or legitimate complaint against you, Leave your offering there at the altar and go. First, make peace with your brother, and then come and present your offering.
This is word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hi, friends and family at uh, KUC. This is Pastor Chuck, still here in Long Beach. Due to the COVID, it's going to be one year on March 8th. Unbelievable. And before I give you today's message, a um, couple of things. First, I want to thank Yasushi-san, who, I said that wrong again, but <laughs> he, <laughs> he did a really good job of um, reading the scriptures today and um, sharing his own personal testimony. I really appreciate his doing that. And um, uh, today, as we look at this theme of, um, for February, the um, healing of broken hearts, before I give my message, I want to share a confession with you guys. All right. This is actually a confession. Okay, first of all, I should tell you that um, Kelly and I have a favorite phrase, which is, um, I am unoffendable. And what this means is that you cannot hurt me, but I can hurt for you when you do or say hurtful things. Nice quotes but we really, really do believe them. And more fully, what we mean is, if you knew who you were and you knew what you had, it would change everything. Meaning, if you knew who you were in Christ, nothing that anyone said, said to you would, would, would matter. And, and this is, this is a, a powerful truth. It's like knowing the scripture and then believing it and having it transform your life. It's so big and deep. It's 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 like it's like if you were going to be in, if you were insulted by like a three year old, like whatever they say, you, you say, "Look, you're three years old. I, it doesn't it doesn't affect me because what I know, I just know is is so much truer than whatever you're saying." Or if if the school bully, like if you were a kid, the school bully has figured out they've targeted you, and you know they're looking for you. And what they're going to do is try to get you to react. But you already know they're coming. You already know that's what they have in mind. And that they're going to say something silly, something stupid, something not true. They say stuff you like. It's not, not true. So the point is, this is a powerful truth. We promote it. You can't hurt me, but I can hurt for you for the hurtful things you do. I'm unoffendable. This, we love this stuff. Okay. <laughs> But, and this is a big but I have here, on December 30th, New Year's Eve, um, so just a few weeks ago, I got an email. Okay, I got an email on December 30th, which is the day that I and Kelly, FBC, that we filed bankruptcy. FBC Japan, FBC USA, Chuck and Kelly, we, we lost everything, and I got an email from our main lawyer here in the U.S., who I'm quite thankful. I have a best friend who financed all of the lawyers, and there were many lawyers, and lots of paperwork, lots of stuff going on. But this one lawyer, the main lawyer in the U.S., sent me an email on that very same day, December 30th. I mean, we've been building to this. I was in a really bad way physically. My what cancer thing had, um, had 
gone badly, or whatever you want to say. So I was in a lot of pain. Anyway, you know all this, right? Anyway, he sent an email, and I was going to read it to you today just to get you on my side, to be like, so you would say, Chuck, that's wrong, dude. You were unjustly accused. <laughs> yeah, well, I said, I'm not going to read that email to you guys. Um, I mean, it made me feel not just low, it, it was dark. I can't even describe the feeling. I felt, I felt dirty. I felt um, more than a loser. I mean, I felt like a crook or somehow that I was trying, he, he made me feel like I was trying to game the system and then he put it at the very end that's something about being a pastor. Like just, I mean, you know, finding my weak spot and you're a pastor. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was devastated. How could this guy say these things? I was like, where did this come from? I, I, I was shocked. I couldn't understand how he had misunderstood and misconstrued. And it was like, how did he think all these things all this time? It was so weird. I, 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 and then I thought, how, how could he be, even if he thought those things, how could he be so bold, so cold, so rude? I mean, mean. I mean, that was the day we filed for bankruptcy. The whole thing was just, I felt like I got beat up. I felt like I got beat up out of nowhere. <laughs> so let me just quote some of what I said. I told him, you know, it's lies and accusations, misrepresentations. I said, it's stuff like what you're saying is the kind of stuff that makes me want to let the cancer take me. It makes me just want to die. I feel sick. My mind did feel that way. So he apologized. <laughs> you know, sorry. <laughs> and uh, we, we kind of went through and cleared up some of the misunderstandings. Like he just had some wrong information. And I was like, how did you think that and that? That wasn't right. It was like weirdly so many things that had been misrepresented, misunderstood. It was suspicious. So we hung up. I sat in my car thinking, this sucks so much. I was in shock. And I just wasn't sure what it was. I mean, I was hurt. I was angry. I was like really hurt. And then I had a moment. Yeah, I got offended. I got offended, but I said, we don't get offended, but I got offended, and I did. But here's what I felt the Holy Spirit whispered to me. At the, at the very beginning of our relationship, this lawyer had said something like, um, ah, it's terrible to be so handicapped. Um, at the beginning of this, in uh, October, I was not doing well at all. I was kind of handicapped, literally, um, uh, because of what's been going on. And, and he said, you know, I, I too um, have been having trouble. You know, I, I, can't, I can't walk well. And I used to bike back and forth to work 10K each way. For 30 years, I've been biking back and forth to work 10K each day. Um, and when he said it, I thought, hmm. And this happens sometimes. Someone will say something, and I'll be like, what? Uh, like I can feel the Holy Spirit saying, did you hear that? 
And Kelly and I will often look at each other because we will notice something that someone said. We'll be like, mm, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so I had thought, mm, I thought, okay, we'll wait, you know, for the right moment. We'll wait and see. But in this, in this moment, in my car, in my hurtness, <laughs> I suddenly was like, oh my gosh. Was mm. so I supposed to pray for this guy? I could feel it. It was like this weird realization. And I was thinking, why would he have said all those things? It almost felt like somebody was trying to mess me up so I wouldn't pray for him because I wasn't going to pray for him. I'm like, dude, I hope you die in surgery. <laughs> I didn't really think that. Well, maybe I did. I don't remember. But I mean, I I was like, well, I'm not going to do anything for him. That's, And I could feel, wow, that, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And I could feel, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Somebody's messing with me. Somebody's messing with him. Somebody's messing with me. I could feel the evil in it. Not him. But I thought, I think this guy has been used. I think he's been played. And whatever... That was, they played me too. And I know a lot of people don't like talking about what evil or something like that. So find a different word for it. But I mean, the Bible tells us we're in the spiritual battle. And I felt like this was the enemy showing up in a certain form. So I thought, I thought I'm going to pray for this guy. When I had that feeling, when I, it's like I, when I decided, when I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray for him. It's like when I got diagnosed with cancer. I went looking for people who had cancer, did hospital visits. And I was like, you're not going to intimidate me with this. You put cancer on me, I'm going to pray it off people. And we did. And I did. And people literally, their cancer disappeared. Mine hasn't yet, but I don't care. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be intimidated. And I felt like, I'm gonna pray for this guy. And I felt like already I could feel like, yeah, <laughs> he's good. He's good. And I did. And it was pretty moving, to be honest. It, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird because I mean, you know, things got a little weird after he did all that stuff, said those things, but it was a good kind of weird. I felt like we were both like, wow, what was that? Okay, so that's my confession and that's my story. So <laughs> here's my message. <laughs> so the title of my sermon is You Forgot the Candlesticks. And it comes from one of my absolute favorite stories and musicals, Les Miserables. If you haven't seen it, you all have to now. I believe it's an incredible, timeless message that is powerful today as it was when it was written in 1862. What it gives us is a powerful God truth, a truth that's bigger than culture or words, something that hits you here. Um, so six weeks ago, six weeks ago, I got this message. I knew it. This is my message, and I've carried it now for well, maybe over six weeks. 
Um, and I knew this month, February, would be, and I got it, healing of the broken hearts. That there is some way that God is leading us to have our broken hearts, our offenses, our hurts, what, what, call it what you want, that God was like, I want to show you how to get healed yourself without anybody else, actually. So here's the, here's the uh, Lay Miz story for those of you who may not remember. So the main character is Jean Valjean, and he's been put in prison for stealing bread for his family. So it's a crime, yes, but you have to feel conflicted over it. I mean, he stole bread to feed his family, so, um, and the punishment is too long and too hard. He gets out of prison. This is for stealing bread 19 years later. He carries this passport that when you show it, it's a, it, it means you're a convict. So nobody wants to have anything to do with him. And he comes to a church, and the bishop at the church lets him in. And um, the, the others in the church, they, they think that's a stupid idea. They don't think it makes sense. It's like obviously a criminal. Why would you take this risk? Anyway, he feeds him, lets him spend the night. In the middle of the night, Jean Valjean gets up. He sees all this stuff, silver, silver stuff, you know, and um, silver plate, this and that, and he takes it off, puts it in a bag, steals it, and, and runs away in the middle of the night. In the next, all right, so the morning, the next day, the police catch him, and they bring him, and they throw him down in front of the bishop. The bag of silver. It's the church's silver. It's the, it's the bishop's silver. And they, they say, you know, we caught this man. Okay. Pause for a moment. So the bishop had taken a chance, had taken in this known criminal, had put people at risk who lived with him. He knew the risk. How, how, how ungrateful could this guy be? How low could he go, right? The bishop, who we now see is truly a man of God and not just a church guy, says, no, this man has not stolen from me. I gave him these things. But you left in such a hurry. You forgot the candlesticks. And he gives him the silver candlesticks. So, this moment, which you can watch on YouTube, is profound. It, it represents perhaps one of the biggest elements of the Bible. It's grace. It's that you don't get what you deserve. That you get something you didn't deserve. You don't get what you do deserve, and you get something you don't deserve. You don't deserve silver candlesticks. You stole, you know... It's, it's like you're a sinner, but you got the good life. <laughs> then it makes sense. It's, it's, it's not fair. That's what the bishop does for Jean Valjean. You forgot the candlesticks. And you can, you can read the rest of the story. You can watch it. Um, so many twists and turns, but it, it changes Jean Valjean's life and his own tra trajectory based on, on this experience. Bruce, you shouldn't be like that. <laughs> so, 
here's the Bible truth this is telling us. It's like that we are to forgive as we have been forgiven, that we've been forgiven all of what's been our sins, and we're supposed to turn around and, and show that same forgiveness to others. The Bible is so clear and without doubt in this command over and over, verse after verse, and I could list them. That's your homework. Look them up because there's not even like, well, how about this one verse? No, no, it's not like that. Matthew 6, 14 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And then in a powerful and sort of scary parable called the parable of the unmerciful servant, Jesus makes clear that we are to forgive and show mercy just as we have been forgiven and shown mercy. And the consequences of not doing so, you know, are terrible. I mean, not just a gentle warning, like, like kind of like really scary. At the end of the parable in Matthew 18, here's how it reads. Then the master called the servant in. This is the servant who wouldn't forgive this other guy, but he'd been forgiven. He said, you wicked servant, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This, this is Jesus now saying this, <coughs> this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Ow. <laughs> All right, but here's here's how I would I would like choose to like redirect us. I I don't myself personally like preaching how terrible hell is, but rather how wonderful heaven is, and to be reunited with our Father, who sent Jesus to die not just for our sins, but to bring us back home to to bring us back to who we really are supposed to be. So, in a similar way, I feel like the, the lesson here is to look at what the bishop did and that there is truly something that happens like joy, like some kind of a weird thing when you get to play the bishop and you give the candlesticks to somebody and they don't deserve it. Like you weird them out. Say there, There's the thing about heaping hot coals on someone's head, um, something about turning the other cheek. I find that most people don't don't understand those those things at all because they, they can't figure out a way to see how that would work that, that doesn't look like you're just being walked up. And that's not what this is. That's not what this is. So I hope that what you can take from this is this story of the bishop and the giving of the candlesticks as a reminder of what Jesus was trying to teach us about all we have received. And that this is, this is what we get is not fair. It's not just forgiveness. It's a gift that we don't deserve. In giving the candlesticks, the bishop looks at Jean Valjean, who's clearly in shock not understanding how this turn of events has occurred, and says, Valjean, your life has been spared for God. Use the money from the silver candlesticks to make an honest man of yourself. Wow. I don't know if you can feel it in this retelling. If not, watch, <laughs> watch the scene on YouTube or watch the whole musical. Anyway, the message I want you to have in your heart today is... Um, it's, I got this like, like in me, you know, long before. I mean, we have some things right now going on at KDC, which is like relevant. Um, um, how to forgive, how to deal with people who, who've made mistakes. Uh, 
I feel that there's a reason for that. I feel that God set, set us up. I believe God wants everyone in our church to stop and feel how you are forgiven. To take to heart the commands of Jesus, to forgive, to go beyond forgiving as led by the Holy Spirit. And that's um, an amazingly cool thing. God will literally speak through the Holy Spirit to help you figure out what that means to give the candlesticks case by case, situation by situation, if we have the ears to hear. If you're willing to do this, if you're willing to go against your nature, to lean into what God is saying to do, God's going to help guide you. And, and that's cool. And you will feel something cool presence of God is what it really is okay let's pray God thank you for this message thank you for giving it to me like way back before stuff got a little crazy here and um, I thank you for giving Victor Hugo such a cool way to tell the story it's a bit long but <laughs> um, glad that it was also put into a musical and it's much shorter and uh I just pray, Father, that I know what you really wanted out of this was you wanted everybody in our church to have an experience of your presence and that this truth would come into them and be manifest and that we would act out this grace, this forgiveness, this giving of the candlesticks with people in our circle, in our midst, in our, in our own group. So I just pray, Father, that that would happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, and I, um, listen, hang out for Sunday school. It's um, always good, always, um, um, you know, good discussions and great teachings. You know, we've got um, a couple of great teachers and um, people who are leading these discussions. So that's at 10.30. Um, I hope that this has blessed you. Bless me. <laughs> okay. Thanks.